The following teaching is brought to you by Crosspoint Church. For sermon notes and other resources, visit go to crosspoint.com. It's the ultimate scene, one of the best scenes ever in movies as he emerges out of the forest. With, with the line, I'm your Huckleberry. It's a showdown there where they're going to show down there. Or if it's whether, it, maybe it's the, the, those of you that are older, the Clint Eastwood, go ahead. Make my day. We're about to have two showdowns today that we're looking at uh, that's recorded for us here, what, he, what uh, Justin just read for us. Uh, it's a showdown that's going to happen on a mountain called Mount Carmel. Elijah was a spiritual leader in the nation of Israel. And God had had it. He had told them over and over again, worship and serve me only. But they kept trying to worship the gods of fertility, the Baal gods and the Ashtoreth gods. And God says, you want to worship those gods? I'm out. Let's see how good they do for you. And Elijah said, it's not going to rain again until I say it's going to rain. So go talk to your Baal gods. See what they can do for you. And for three years, it doesn't rain. Now, for you and I to live in Southern California and not rain, that would be a big deal. But we could figure that out. We'd steal Northern California's water like we do all the time. They just ship it down to us down here and irrigate our desert down here. But in a, in a uh, culture where it is agriculture and, lands, uh, and, uh, and livestock, it doesn't rain for three years, the economy implodes. It's bad right now. And Elijah summons now the king, King Ahab, and, and 400 prophets of Baal. What you need to know about these 400 prophets of Baal, because what's the big deal? Let them worship their own God, just be inclusive. Well, the prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth, from time to time on a regular basis, you know how they worship that God? Take live babies and throw them into the fire. This is not some cute little, well, let's just let them do their own thing here. Because it was the idea of making an amazing sacrifice to buy off the God that you wanted to, whose favor you wanted. And so they gather here on Mount Carmel. We're not going to read all of it. It could take too long. But they, they decide, Elijah says, let's have a showdown here on Mount Carmel. The showdown is between the one true God and the, and the gods of Baal. We'll build two altars. You guys build yours here, and I'll build mine here. Whatever God answers by fire, that's God. And he says, and this contest goes on. And they start, they put the ox on the altar. They're screaming and yelling. They're cutting themselves, trying to impress Baal with how devoted they are. And Elijah just stands back and goes, I think your God must be tired. Maybe he's taking a nap. Or maybe he's just stressed out with you. Maybe he's on the vacation to the Bahamas. And one time he even says it. It's in the Bible. I'm not making this up. Maybe he's taking a leak just making fun of their God. And they get more angry and angry. And then finally, he says, enough of this. He says, put, build my altar here. Put the dead ox on it. Put the wood on it. Dig a trench around it. And in a drought, where there hasn't been rain for three years, he says, go get 12 barrels of water and drench this thing. Because what he's saying is here, we're not going to say that we cooked this thing up. There's some little coincidence here that something sparked or we had some little trick flint in there. Drench that thing with water. And in 1 Kings 18, look at verse 36. In verse 36, it says, At the usual time for offering, 
the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and I'm your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you are, O Lord, our God, and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. Now, that's a fire. A fire that would turn stones into dust, not just the wood and dust, turn stones into dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench, and when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. All of a sudden, it got really real for them about who the true God was. Then Elijah commanded, seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. This is where I wish that Quentin Tarantino would become a movie because we need some good movies about scenes like this. This is a bit awesome when Tarantino's hands, but that's a different thing for a different day. For those who know who Tarantino is, just think, well, never mind, it's stop. stop. Um, then Elijah says to the king, King Ahab, rain's coming. You better saddle up the horses, get something to eat. Rain is coming. And it tells us then that uh, this, after this amazing thing that happens, it's a, about a 30-mile journey from Mount Carmel back to Jezreel, which is where the, the headquarters there were for where Ahab was staying. And, where, and so it tells us that probably because of the rain, that Elijah outran the chariots back to Jezreel. It's because he was working out a lot. He had good cardio going. He, had, he was ready to go. I, maybe he was gluten-free and he was eating kale, keto, protein, whatever. But he was ready to go. And he outran back there. And the rain is coming down. Chapter 19 now, it gets really fun. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel a name that no family will ever name their daughter, unless they're sick and demented, everything Elijah had done, including the way he killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, may the gods strike me and even kill me, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Now I look at this and go, if I'm Elijah, I just called down fire from heaven. This little queen girl over here, but how many of you dudes know that you can stand up and face all kinds of men in the workplace and men on the athletic field, men are there. Some girl gets mad at you, like, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. He freaks out. Elijah freaks out over this Queen Jezebel. Elijah was afraid, I'll get verse 3 here, and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough. Ever been there in your marriage? With your health, with your finances, with your kids, with your job, with your life, I have, I'm done. I'm done, God. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors who've already died. And then he laid down and slept. Underline, mark that in your Bible. It's important under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and, what's that next word there? Yeah, not pray, not read your Bible, get up and eat. Somebody, oh man, something's happening in that game right now. <laughs> I know, those of you that are, that's, 
That's my wife right there. That's awesome. <laughs> That's the best. So we ate and drank and lay down again. And she'll never walk back here right now because she, oh, I'm terrible. Then the angel Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more. Oh, they had Hershey's and marshmallows there. They ate s'mores. Who knows? Um, or the journey will be uh, ahead too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God, where we're going to have showdown number two. There he came to a cave where he spent the night. But the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? He freaks out. He's had enough. Guys, when you have had it, when you are burned out, I don't know where you're at today. Hopefully you're not burned out and stressed out and blah about anything today. But, but sometimes we will, um, when, when stuff like this happens, we'll tend to try to get it really spiritual. Let's put some music and some worship music on or go to church or go to a Bible study or read your Bible or something like that. You know what? Write this down. It's on the note sheet that you have there on the back of your program today. Sometimes a nap and a pizza is the most godly thing you can do. I'll just pretend to believe it was bread, but I believe it was like he put some sauce on there with some cheese and stuff too. Sometimes the best thing you can do for where you're at when you're burned out and you have had it is to eat and sleep and then eat some more and sleep some more. And he goes now and he has this showdown with God on Mount Sinai. He goes, God, I've had it. I've had it enough. And God asks him, what, what are you doing here, Elijah? What are you here for? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one Left. Mark that in your Bible. It's important. The only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. He says, I have served you faithfully. I've done everything right. And everybody out there in the culture, everybody in the nation, everybody in my neighborhood, there's a bunch of morons out there. And fools and wicked, evil, terrible people. They've done these terrible things. They, they don't serve you anymore. They've broken down all your altars, and now they're trying, they're coming after me to kill me too. And when you get to a place of burnout in your life, when you have had enough, you're going to start to feel like no one cares as much as I care. No one works as hard as I work. No one's as dedicated as I am. And some of you are tapping that person you're married to that right now. If, if I was sitting next to Denise, she would be tapping me. This is me. Those of you that work with me know this about me apologizing to you. This is, I, I have the martyr complex, so I have it nailed. I'm, I'm an expert at it. I could write the complete idiot's guide on being a victim and a martyr. I, I'm telling you, I can. Because especially when you care about something like, like the church or your business or your marriage, you're like, I'm the only one that's working. I'm the only one that cares about this. Nobody else cares like I care. And you get in that place of burnout and stress and he comes to God and just tells God how he feels. And I want to tell you, when you get to places like that in your life, don't try to be more spiritual than Jesus. Just tell God what's going on in your life. I'm sick and tired of it in my freaking marriage, God. 
I'm doing all the work. I'm doing counseling. She or he's doing nothing. My kids, I keep serving and working on my, the company I'm working for. The thing I started, the thing I got going here, whatever it might be, just be honest about it. God knows what you're really thinking anyway, so don't try to dress it up and impress him with how spiritual you are. Just tell him. Now, keep in mind that you're not talking to your buddy at work. This is the God of the universe. So there's got to be a level of respect there, too. Not just kind of, I'm going to tell God what I think and give the middle. Yeah, don't, that's dumb, dude. You might want to duck because there could be a bolt of lightning coming for you. <laughs> and then when people come to you, this is important as we get into, back into groups here in a couple of weeks and people in the workplace, one of the things that I'm tempted to do, that you're tempted to do when people have had enough and they come to you with their, what they've, where they're just burned out and they're frazzled and they're stressed and they, I, I'm just done, we start shooting them. Here's what you should do. And here's what you should do. I've had several conversations in the last couple of weeks with people going through crisis, difficult things, and you just watch them weeping and just done and just going, if one more person tells me what I should do, I'm, I'm, quit shooting. People don't need advice at that moment. What they need is someone just to listen to them. Arm around the shoulder. I don't know what, they, weep with those who weep. Be happy with those, just be there. Now look, if they look, if they ask you for advice, then tell them what they should do. That's, they may be coming to you for advice, but don't, don't lead with advice. This is in particular for those of you that are tightly wound, type A, um, firstborn, overachieving, compliant people like me. We're the worst at this. I'm the worst at this. But I'm telling you, marriage tip. If your marriage is in difficult places right now, and she or he comes to you about all the craziness going on with the kids or life or work, and you start saying, well, I think you should, you better duck. I'll save your marriage. If you would just sit there and just be quiet and say, Nothing except, I'm sorry. This has got to be hard for you. I can't imagine this. And just start there. That will open up opportunities for later on to give some advice and perspective. Don't start with should. And then what Justin just read for us, it says that God says, what are you doing here? And it says when that happens, um, he, he passes be before him. I need, and to warn you guys right now, we're about to experience something here. So just be ready. And what happens here is that it says that God came out and there was a massive <laughs> all the CO2 ran out of the tank as we were testing it today. That was supposed to blast a bunch of air up in the air, but it, it didn't. We tested it and it burned out. Yeah, those of you that were like taking notes and not paying attention, yeah. <laughs> not in that. <laughs> not in the fire. <laughs> not in the earthquake. Off in the distance, there was just a whisper. It was the whisper of God, and Elijah gathered his cloak around him. And God comes out and has a conversation with him, and he asks him again. Look at the end of verse 13. What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah has forgotten. He knows what to do. 
and he knows how to do it. He's forgotten why. This is important for your marriage, for the counseling you're going to, for the group that you're in, for the business that you, every single one of you, whatever your calling is, whether you're a mom, a dad, husband or a wife, own a business, own a company, whatever, at some, from time to time you gotta ask yourself, what am I doing here? What's my purpose here? This is the big, Simon Sinek had a great podcast about this a couple, three years ago. It says, start with why. Because everybody can tell you what to do and how to do it. Start with why. If you lose track of why, that's what he's asking. What are you doing here? Starts with why. And then God clarifies. Elijah repeats, I'm the only one. Nobody cares like I care. And God looks at him and says, verse 15, go back. Go back the same way you came and traveled to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrived there, anoint Hazael to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, son of Nimri, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel-Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I will preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. What he's telling him is, Elijah, here's what God's going to do for you when, when you encounter him. He's going to clarify your assignment, make, clarify, ask you some probing questions about, do you know what this is all about? Don't forget why. Gives him an assignment, gives him something to do, and then gives him the perspective. You're not alone, pal. It seems like it feels like you're the only one that cares about this. There's 7,000 other people in Israel that are just as faithful as you have been. And from time to time, guys, as we wrap up 2022, from time to time, we want to feel God, hear God, especially if we're in moments where we have just had enough. But I want to widen this out to say, even if you're not at a place of burnout, you might be like on Mount Sinai, not Mount Sinai, on Mount Carmel, like, yeah, God's amazing, my life is amazing, fantastic. We all, the reason this church exists, the reason we gather together like this on the weekends, gather in small groups and all that and more, is to help you encounter and experience the God who is really there. Not some vague, fuzzy idea of God, but the God who knows you and loves you, to personally encounter him. So when you really need to feel and hear God, because from time to time, I go, I wish God would show up and do something big and dramatic for me. Just blow the roof off the joint. Write this down here. God is just as present in the whisper as he is in the shout. But it doesn't feel like it, does it? I want God to go boom and blow the doors off the joint. And God goes, God wasn't in the earthquake. The, the, the wind that tore the rocks off the side of the cliff was in none of those things. See, write this down too. God impresses me when he shouts. And he does. When God does big, dramatic, amazing answers to prayer, when, it, when some big concert thing, when I feel him in my heart, like boom, he impresses me when he shouts. He transforms me when he whispers. Because when he whispers, it's personal. He's not doing this for thousands of people gathering on a mountain. He's saying, hey, Kelly. Hey, Justin. Do you know what you're all about? It'll deeply transform us. So how do we hear that still, small 
whisper of God. Write this down. Sometimes it just happens. Some of you know this, right? You're, you're, you're sitting somewhere at a coffee shop or you're driving on the freeway. You're just someplace. Sometimes you're out for a walk in nature. You're on a beach somewhere taking a walk and just, you just feel God speaks into your heart and soul that the presence of God is beautiful and powerful and amazing. But sometimes in order to hear the whisper of God, we need to turn down the volume because we have to get past the earthquakes, the windstorms and the fire. This is the distractions and the obligations of our life. This is not even bad things that we're doing. This is just distractions and obligations that, uh, of things that are going on, and we love it. We're, we're so busy. I found some songs, one by a band called the Newsboys. They're a, a famous Christian band. I'm not sure they're even around anymore, but they have this song that's called um, uh, Be Still, and another great, um, very spiritual, godly band called Alabama. It's, the, it's a song in a new, uh, it's not a new series, it's on Hulu streaming right now called Dropout. Uh, it says, I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die. Even I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. And then it says, we have filled our lives with inventions that have hurried us nowhere fast. Now we need to turn our attentions to what will last. We've been running without a direction. We're afraid to get there late. What we need is the strength just to kneel down and wait to be still. There's a great little story in Luke chapter 10. I want you to see it. So turn to the right in your Bibles. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. If you go to get past to John, uh, Acts, Romans, and all that you've gone too far, find Luke chapter 10. So it's a, it's a small little story here that speaks to this because whenever I ask people here at Crosspoint, when we show up here, how have you guys been doing? Oh man, I'm so busy, right? Busy. You know why we do that? Most of us are as busy as we want to be, as we choose to be. And sometimes it's like to impress people by how important we are. I'm busy. I got all these obligations in my life. And then we got some people with my kids. And, this, and we're, not, we're not busy doing bad, terrible things. Or then we're, it's, it's the busyness of life and then the distractions of life, of online shopping and social media. And I've lost track of how many streaming services that come into my home with hundreds and thousands of choices of things to entertain myself with and watch. And I look, I love all that stuff. I'm not telling you it's bad or terrible. I'm just saying it. And we're trying to hear the voice of God going, I'm not going to scream at you. I'm going to whisper. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary, marked that there, sat at the Lord's feet. Maybe in your margin you can write that, doing nothing. But Martha was, what's that next word there? Distracted, hello. By the big dinner she's preparing. And is she making, she's making a dinner for who? For Jesus. So she's doing it. She's not sitting there on her Facebook page or TikToking or whatever she's doing. She's making a dinner for Jesus. She's doing a great thing. 
She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you? My sister just sits here while I do all the work. Tell her to come and help me. This is what people like me love to do, to get all you people sitting and listening to Jesus. Come on, get busy. Let's work hard and be more distracted. Lord said to her, my dear Martha, he doesn't yell at her. He says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken from her. Sometimes we just need, write this down, we just need to sit and listen. Some of that sitting and listening is what you did today, coming to church. Songs that speak into your heart and soul. You'll feel God speak something in your heart and soul. The, word, the Bible, you do this. Joining a small group that Justin just talked to you about, if you're not in a small group right now, it's important to carve out time for that because part of this is just to create a rhythm and some great spiritual disciplines and routines and practices in your life because if you don't, if you're not intentional about, about turning down the distractions, once in a while you'll bump into the whisper of God. But if you're intentional about it, it's amazing. In groups like this, in small groups and homes, if it's, it's even, whether it's first thing in the morning or last thing at night, on the break, at lunch, at work, get your own Bible out and take a few minutes every day to read something, to talk to God, to journal, to pray. Guys, you're going to start to all of a sudden go, this is weird. I'm starting to encounter and feel and experience God. And it's so, so so tricky. We have to be intentional about it. So get ready. This is going to blast again. Just be ready, okay? Sorry, put your hands over your ears. Sorry. You have no eardrums for the parties tonight. That's the distraction of obligations of family, of social media, of shopping, of kids and family, and all the craziness of all that stuff goes and goes and goes. We're trying to hear God, but can't hear God. God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? God, where are you? And God goes, if you just stop for a second. And we're just still for a second to encounter and experience the God who is there, who wants us to feel him and know him. And so as the band comes up right now, we wrap this up today. Um, stay with me, we're not done. But uh, our, our prayer team will be at the back of the house today. We're going to sing a few songs here to wrap the service up. The, the guys, look, the, here at Crosspoint, the reason we do this, the reason we do songs at the end like this, is not to fill up the time to make sure it makes, it's worth your money so that you could come out to church. and We have parties to go to and football games to watch. That's what we... We do it to give you a chance to let the Spirit of God take what happened at the beginning and take what happened as we took the Word of God like this and then let music do what only music can do and let that sink into your heart and soul. Let God whisper into your soul. There's communion in the four corners of the room, bread and juice that symbolizes the body and the blood of Jesus that was broken for us. Every week we give you a chance to remember Jesus, to let communion be a a whisper into your soul, to remember who Jesus is and what he did for you. And then as we wrap the service up today,
hear these verses now as the still, small voice of God. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord, the Holy One of Israel says, only in returning to me and resting in me will you be saved. In quietness, in confidence is your strength. I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Wait patiently for the Lord. Have you never heard? Have you never understood the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth? He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. For more resources, check out go to crosspoint.com.